0: hello everyone welcome to the self-love sister podcast today i'm doing with donish how are you donish
1: good how about yourself
0: i'm doing wonderful thank you i'm so happy you decided to jump on this conversation with me because being young adults spreading awareness is so important to me please share your instagram and what you're all about
1: so you can find me at ibd underscore athletes underscore health um I was diagnosed with IBD at 21. And uh, from there, you know, uh, it's been a ride. Um, I had a, a major surgery at 25 to have a full colectomy. And for about four months, I had the temporary ostomy bag and then I had the j pouch takedown.
0: Oh my God, I can't imagine, you know, being 21. And going through this. I don't know if you know this, but I was diagnosed since I was 12, so I don't know any different. But how was it growing up normal and then all of a sudden going through this?
1: You know, uh, I think the hardest thing was finding what worked for me because you can get all the advice in the world, but you only know your body most. And those are the things you need to figure out for yourself. So trying to find out what to eat, um, what medication I need, what's going to work for me, what's going to not cause me any long-term effects, uh, exercising, being more self-conscious about my mental and physical health, all that stuff uh, really played a big part.
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm totally with you on that, finding out what works best for you. And I love how you mentioned mental health not just physical but like it doesn't just trigger your physical health it has everything to do with your mental health and I love how you how like positive you are on your Instagram how do you stay positive and what got you to open up on Instagram
1: um so when I was introduced to the IBD community I had no idea social media has such a big awareness for it so um when I was having a conversation with a friend and she told me that I know uh I know someone who has an Instagram page about IBD and I was like I didn't even know people do that so when I saw how many people were spreading awareness for it I was like you know what I think I actually found a direction that I can use my social media for instead of just taking selfies you know so um I first started talking about my experience and then I decided to step further with Gut Talk 101 because I wanted to give people that struggled with talking about their, or even getting awareness out about IBD, because when I was first diagnosed, I had no idea who to go to, and I kind of had to suffer in silence.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to you not knowing or like you feel like you're going through something by yourself. That's one of the main reasons why I started my Instagram was because, one, there's no one ever that's going to be going through the same thing you're going through. But that's also why I started this podcast, Self Love Sister, because I want to be the older sister that I wish I had. <laughs> you know, growing up and and I love how openly we are able to share what we're going through and having an autoimmune disease is not easy and it's not pretty, especially being in your young 20s. I
1: I would like to say because of this ailment, it has forced me to look at life more healthier. I uh, quit drinking after the lockdown started um, and I just taking better care of myself now.
0: Wow, well, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And I can't imagine going through this illness um, for that long, for more over 10 years. I mean, I, I do have a few friends that have IBD and everyone's story is different. I appreciate you and I and I love learning every day about it about new illnesses
1: right and also just I have to give you some props to your Instagram is inspirational I just love Thank how you. much you talk about self-love because it took me it took me a long time to find mine because what dealing with uh, a chronic illness and uh, masculinity is a, it's a difficult thing and um, talking about what you go through and being open about it is like some might find it weakness you know so um kind of trying to show other IBD people that it's okay to not be okay you know.
0: Thank you yes and I love it I mean I did have a regular or what I like to call my regular Instagram which was you know straight out of high school you know you do all the filters where you look on your best days and it was um, during lockdown. It's when I really took a toll on my mental health and I said, I'm not dealing with that. I'm strictly focusing on my on my page and, and I love it. I love the engagement that I'm getting. I love the messages. I love connecting with people like yourself, with positive mindset and that really want to make a change in the world and take the stigma down.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And especially Culturally, uh, mental health and chronic illnesses aren't, we're told not to talk about it because what is uh, our community going to think? Being raised uh, in a um, South Asian family and community, it's, uh, there's certain things that people find as a stigma more than just, oh, he needs help.
0: Oh my gosh. I love how you brought that topic onto the conversation. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why. I always hid my illness. It was being raised in a Mexican household. Of course, you know, my family, so like my parents and my sister were always very supportive. But you know, I mean, I was raised as like, oh, you're going to get married one day, you're going to have all these kids, you're going to have to cook. And sadly, I can't do that. I mean, I can have kids, but I can't cook or clean or do all the wifey Mexican traditions. And and I love That we can talk about that because that is something that I think it's still a really big um, concern and why the majority of the people don't share that they have a chronic illness and it's not easy when you keep it all inside yourself in your head and I mean on top of dealing with that going through something like that you know just makes it way more stressful.
1: Well, to hype you up a bit, whatever people say as a stigma, your empathy would be the greatest gift to anybody who ends up with you so um
0: thank you you so much i came to the point in my life where it's like i'm not hiding myself anymore you take you like me as i come and if you like me okay and if you don't that's okay i mean i love myself
1: (laughs) hey there you go that's what i'm talking about love it
0: thank you so we talked about why you started your Instagram and how was it. Another thing to change the talk. Where are you from?
1: My family is mixed with Indian and Pakistani. I was born in America in K- uh, Cali, around in the South Bay area. Born and raised here. It's a uh, different growing up in the U.S. I would say versus being born overseas because I know medically and everything. A lot of people struggle with different different uh, illnesses, and some aren't even treatable in overseas. I find myself very privileged to be able to be taken care of in the U.S. As much as I find there are flaws in the medical system, we're also around the best medicine we can possibly get. It's definitely a double-edged sword.
0: Yes, for sure. I can relate to that parents are from mexico and sadly i've been treated in mexico because we were on vacation in 2016 and we were obviously in mexico and we couldn't come flying you know uh, i think the closest flight was like a week apart a week later so i had to get treated in mexico and it's nothing like here and that's when i realized like just how grateful we are to have the the capacity and the doctors and we can fly anywhere You know and i remember being in mexico and they said for your sickness specifically we don't have the treatment that we can do to you and i remember like the gloves because it's such a like but they're not as advanced and they didn't have the medical equipment i remember that to draw blood you know how they have like what is it called like an elastic that they use in hospitals here over there, they would have to use gloves. Uh, Thinking about that now and just how lucky we are and blessed we are. I don't take it for granted. I I always tell my parents, I'm like, I'm glad I'm sick and I'm sick here because I don't think I would have survived or had the confidence that I have now if I was raised elsewhere.
1: Right. And that's also the other thing too. It's like, so many people look at our ail- ailments as it controls us it our uh, it's taken over our life we can't have a normal life and it's just like yeah there's going to be rough patches but our ailment is what made us the amazing people that we are
0: oh yes i'm there for you I remember one nurse always told me, you're normal. You just have to take a slightly different path. And that's how I seen it. And those words have always stuck to me because, yeah, like there's stuff, you know, I can't eat or stuff that I can't do. But I mean, I like to think of myself as normal. And earlier I had a conversation with this um, guest that I'm going to be having next week. He's told me he was like, if you think about it, what is normal? I mean, and those that really struck to me because, yeah, like, what is normal? I mean, normal for me would be how I'm living my life now. This is the most normal I've ever been.
1: <laughs> right. And that's the other thing, too. I don't know how my life would be if I hadn't gotten my illness. Like, I read in this uh, story, I can't remember the name, but the mother was telling her child, I wish I could take away this pain from you because he was suffering from an ailment. And the child responded, well, you telling me you wish you could take this away from me is like wishing I was never born because this ailment's made me who I am. Yes,
0: exactly. I tell my parents, I'm like, I'm glad I had this stroke because, you know, like growing up with this autoimmune disease, I used to not be able to share openly. And after I had this stroke and I couldn't hide it anymore, I was like, you know what, I'm actually grateful for this stroke, because it it allowed me to like open up and meet all this different community. And I feel like, yeah, even though you're across the world, I'm in Georgia. But I still feel like I connect with people. And honestly, it's sad to say, but because of the pandemic, you know, I started doing more Instagram lives, I had to connect with people somehow.
1: (laughs) Right. That's the other thing too. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to look at the pandemic in a good way too, because it gave people more of an opportunity to connect and talk about uh, what it's been like with pandemic and their health. I remember needing to do a small, sur- uh, not surgery, but procedure. And uh, my nurse told me that there's a kind of a breakdown that some of the nurses are choosing not to get vaccinated versus choosing to get vaccinated and I was just like you know I felt really uh, anxious because I was like um, it's a pandemic you know and I I have to have the seizure but it's just like uh, I wasn't sure how to feel about that.
0: Yeah for sure I mean last year Sadly, I got really, really sick and I was grateful that, you know, doctors and I was able to get treatment, but it was scary because in the time when everyone wanted to stay home, I was sick and couldn't, you know, and it sucked. And, but at the same time, it was like, so other people that are not always at home can get a little outlook of what I've been dealing with for the past 12 years. I mean, You know, I don't always I have to stay like in my house for months while I recover because I don't want to see people. I don't feel good or I physically like now I can't walk, (laughs) you know, and it's it's hard. And they gave a little outlook on what we go through on a daily basis.
1: I understand. Uh, Actually, so funny story is that right before lockdown, I had meniscal surgery on my knee. So during lockdown, I was in a knee brace and had to start physical therapy. But due to lockdown, it was really hard to get appointments. I didn't really heal heal properly. Mm -hmm. And so now that it's more safer, I guess we can say, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a little bit more difficult to actually rehab because uh, my leg and mobility healed in such a weird way that having to do the work now and actually get back has been a little bit challenging, but I'm able to do the things that I was worried I wasn't going to be able to do.
0: Yeah, this uh, pandemic has hit everyone in the same way, but I feel for people battling with a chronic illness that we we have to see doctors, we have to book appointments, and then them not wanting to treat us like I know last year, I had um, a few zoom appointments with my doctors. And that was very hard. Because as someone that goes with a chronic illness, you can't treat a patient through a zoom call.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, yes. And it was horrible. Because so the beginning of last year, I was in a cast. By the end of last year, I was, um I got my cast off, I was starting to walk with my dog and I had and I felt and I needed to get like emergency 15 stitches. And going to the ER was horrible, like being stuck with all these people and a lot of people were going to the ER for COVID, COVID symptoms, and I was just going to get stitches Like it was so scary. My anxiety to get COVID. I mean, you know how deadly it is for us to even get a flu, you know, and more, more so COVID. It was just a scary time. And like you said, yeah, things are opening back up, but I'm physically not ready. I still wear a mask, even though people judge me, but I'm like, it's for my health.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even the thing that with wearing masks it's just like so many people are so willing to not wear it It, it's really shown me that how inconsiderate some people can be towards other people's health
0: oh yeah honestly And, and I for example like when we go to a grocery store you know I always wear a mask but because I guess it's not required anymore, people think it just went away. And sadly, the truth is that it didn't. It's still here. And now with like the Delta variant, and uh, it's just a horrible time. And I feel like people need to put others in front of themselves for now. I mean, I don't, I usually tend to put myself first. For example, like if there's a party, I'll just choose not to go because I'm just like, look, COVID might not affect you guys, but it might kill me. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And it's just been, it's been a rough time in a, in a time where we all need to stick together. Talking about this, how is COVID in California? Because I know in Atlanta, it's horrible.
1: Uh, it. It had its moments. Like, I remember my doctor telling me that there were patients that were lying to him about why they wanted to be seen. And then after uh, he got in front of them, they would, he, they would tell him, oh, I'm having COVID symptoms. And it's just like, what?
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, that shocked me. I was like, wow, you're, you're lying, to, lying to get yourself in just to affect everyone around you. Great. Yeah
0: no honestly and that's one of the things that kills me the most it's like if you don't feel well just stay home yeah and people just act like it's you know it doesn't exist or no it's just a little cough I'm just like but I can physically die yeah you know and it's it's a scary time it's a scary time for sure
1: and definitely sensitive too because it's worrisome too like if you just cough once it's just like uh-oh Cause you know, you're in that state of anxiety that there's yeah. so much going on.
0: Yes, no, it's gotten to the point where I've mentioned to my mom and sister, I'm like, I need a shirt that says I have acid reflex <laughs> because sometimes like um it comes out naturally and I, I'll cough and I'm just like, no, I don't have COVID. I have acid reflex <laughs> and it's just scary. I mean, e- like for me that I've been having acid reflux for about three years now it's gotten to the point where it's really bad and I don't even that's why I don't want to go out because I'm like oh no if I call people will give me stares so they'll look at me and I have to say I'm like it's not anything I have acid reflux
1: yeah definitely uh, I should get a shirt that says I have asthma don't look at me weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yes. I had to go to um, an orthopedic doctor for my foot because right now I have a flare-up and that's what I'm getting treatment for. I remember it was a hundred degrees and, you know, obviously when I have pain everywhere, I'm not going to be 96. And I remember I had to explain to my doctor, I don't have covid you know, I've been staying home, it's just I have really awful pain, pain and temperature tend to go together. But I remember they had to wait till I was at least 97, or for it to drop under 100. And, and I hate it because I'm over here suffering with this flare up and, you know, doctors, I get it. Like, I get it. But it's like, at the same time, I'm like, I'm in pain, I need to be seen. And
1: I totally understand that. Because uh, these past, Six months, I've been dealing with pelvic muscle dysfunction, and for I I started feeling the symptoms uh, back um, in the middle of the uh, lockdown, and then uh, I finally got in touch with the hospital that I got had my surgery at, but my insurance was rejected, and just to see a consultation was a lot of money, so. I had to go elsewhere, and I finally found a hospital to go to, but I couldn't get an appointment until, like, next week, but this was back in August.
0: Oh, my God, I hate dealing with doctors. Uh, um, Yeah, like, especially, like, if you need to be seen, like, the next day, and they don't have appointments for me to, like, two weeks or a month, and I'm just, like, I cannot wait that long. Right.
1: Right. And but it's at the same time, it's like, I hate to say this, but you got to think about they're 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 treating people that could be worse than us. Yeah. Yes. And we kind of have to remind ourselves that, like, even though we're going through this, someone might be going through something worse. Yeah. Um, I remember after my surgery, seeing people who had just had like a uh, surgery on their brain or in their head and I'm thinking to myself I'm over here crying over an ostomy bag I don't know what they're going through
0: yeah and I love that you mentioned that I mean because yeah I I think that there there are times when we have to put others before ourselves and and I love that you said that like we're going I kind of know the pain you go through every day and the fact that you said you know what, I'm fine. Maybe someone else is going through something. And that's amazing and very admirable. And yeah, yeah, like I do that as well. Like if I say that in front of my sister, she's like, um, what do you mean? You're like crying in pain every day. And I'm just like, yeah, Jay, but I'm at least I'm, I'm feeling pain. There are some people that can't do that for sure. Oh my gosh. And I I love connecting with someone who relates to me (laughs) that, you know, that we can talk about pain like it's no big deal. And I love that we're both smiling and we're actually grateful for our life, despite going through all this. I love that.
1: Definitely. And, you know, one thing we always have to keep in mind is that as long as we're doing our part to maintain some type of wellness and health with our ailment. The rest of the stuff is out of our hands, and we just have to accept that things aren't going to go our way sometimes.
0: Yes, it took me a while for me to um to think that way. Cause yeah, when I was younger, I mean, I I was like 15. I was in that stage where I thought the world was all going to be mine, and I was dealing with pain, and I didn't think about anyone else. And so now, after my stroke, I remember right after like two weeks later I was like I'm so grateful I can open my eyes (laughs) it's just like those things that I took for granted a few years ago I now appreciate them so much more
1: right and it's my biggest thing I think to anyone that's dealing with an ailment is this is our kingdom we just need to create it
0: yes powerful words Wow. I love that. I got chills. (laughs) That is very true. I know this quote that I live by is your darkest day will be today, but I mean, it can go better from there on. So I just feel like your worst day is today. Like nothing from yesterday, nothing from the future. Like you just have to think in the present.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And appreciate it.
0: Oh yes. A hundred percent. Like I appreciate the days when I have pain level of five <laughs> you know and it's like yeah i still have pain but it's not that bad i don't have to take morphine because <laughs> that's what um, i take for my pain right now
1: and i can only imagine how just like tired you feel after having to deal with that because i know morphine's a definitely heavy drug to take
0: i mean i have it prescribed but like on those days when i'm not crying or screaming in pain i don't take it because one i don't want to get addicted and you know too yeah like you feel drowsy you don't want to do anything I know I have random mood swings when I take it and it's not fun so if I'm having like a pain level of nine and I'm not crying I just suck it up
1: yeah and that's the other thing too it's like we also have to keep in mind that and for people that are around us is that our medications do stuff to our body too they give mood swings they give us headaches, they could even give us stuff like me. I deal with osteoporosis mm-hmm. from on steroids for too long it's It's our job to advocate for ourselves, but it's also the people around us or choose to be around us job to understand and know that we can't do everything they want to do sometimes
0: yeah i I know that after high school, I had to let go of a lot of friends. And I let them go because they just didn't understand me. And I was tired of explaining why I can't do that stuff anymore. So I literally have like three friends that I talk to on a daily basis. And they understand me like, they're like, hey, Kim, like, if you don't feel well, I'm just going to come over. And I appreciate that so much because like, I still want to see them, but I can't physically, you know, get up and change and go out and see people like. And I so I appreciate that so much. Those few people, but they're close.
1: Yeah, and I totally feel that because, like, for me, honestly, my biggest thing is being able to exercise, go to the gym, whatever it is, take a hike, being able to still do those things, and it's, as someone who used to be an athlete, Mm -hmm. I... I am grateful that I can still do it.
0: Yes, definitely. I know before this flare-up, I was, i you know, I take advantage of my health. I'll go to the gym every single day so that I'll be good enough for when, like right now, that I'm going through this flare-up, I can't go to the gym, I just literally have to stay in bed. <laughs> and I hate that. I hate feeling like I'm wasting my days just laying down, but at the same time, I have to think, well, this is only temporary. I will get up and go do the things I want to do in a month. You know, that's what I tell myself. And that's something that I think a lot of people need to understand with a chronic illness. This is why I stopped talking to those friends in high school, because they would say, oh, you're so lucky you get to stay home and relax. I'm like, trust me, I'm not relaxing. Like I can't go to sleep because I have pain and it's just it's just a lot when people when I tell people that I have to stay home they're like oh I wish I can watch movies like that's not what I do I'm literally yeah. calling appointments doing all this a wound I'm crying <laughs> you right. know it's it's definitely a very hard life but you um, know I'm grateful
1: yeah I, and I, I totally feel you on that because like I remember back when I first was telling people about my ailment they were just like why don't you take Pepto-Bismol it's just like it's way more than that
0: yeah like it's not a simple yes in the beginning I remember people would be like just bring Advil like what does Advil can do for me like I have to take morphine.
1: right probably get it and I think the other thing too is that even like with me even being able to exercise I still wasn't able to eat the right type of Food and I just I had to settle for things that just you know were good, were just gonna keep me in some ways healthy because the thing is that with the stigma with exercising is uh, people push so much on we have to have the right diet but what works for the people without ailments that chicken and broccoli and rice and whatever. It, it doesn't work for people with chronic or autoimmune diseases because we have to find different ways to, to, to eat. And what we have to keep in mind is regardless of what stigmas are being pushed our way, if we're doing our part, we have to remind ourselves that that's all that matters in the end. It's not about having that celebrity body. It's about feeling good and loving what you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like doing what's best for you.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. When I first uh, started um, at 19, you know, I was eating super healthy, following all these diets. And I remember after the stroke, they had to put me on a vitamin. I mean, I'm sorry. They had to put me on a pill, a medication called warfarin that I can't eat greens. And that was so devastating for me at 21 I I was like how am I gonna you know lose weight and build muscle if I can't eat greens being that that was the basis of my diet so I had to you know organize it and find a way to still be you know eating healthy and working out and just avoiding greens so I love that you said that that everyone's body is different so what may work for someone else may not work for you
1: exactly exactly and in the end We just have to remind ourselves that whatever is healthy for us is what matters, not what everyone else thinks.
0: Yes, just doing what's best for you. I love that. And that's what I hope that people take away from, you know, sharing my story and from my TikToks, Instagrams, and now podcasts. I just want people to know that you're doing the best out there for anyone listening and don't be so hard on yourself. We are a prime example that you can follow our journeys and we'll show you along the way. And you just have to learn what's best for you, What what's going to be your routine. And I mean, we can give you tips, but you don't have to follow them if it doesn't work for you. What's something that you hope people take away from your page?
1: I hope that they realize to not be so hard on themselves realize that it's uh there's going to be good days and bad and realize that our health is number one priority jobs parties all that stuff they they will come and go but our health will always remain with us
0: that is so true and i love that because yeah like it's okay if you can't make it to one party but if you're gonna be okay and you'll be able to make it to future parties but in that moment just put yourself first exactly
1: be okay with being okay
0: yes exactly and don't don't be afraid to share your story and be who you are because trust me like I've been there trying to hide it and it's just not good for your mental health it's so much more
1: Exactly. I love it.
0: So I love that we connected and I've been following you for a while and I love your page. I love the inspiration that you post and I'm hoping this is not the last conversation.
1: Me too. I really enjoyed talking with you.
0: I did too. So thank you so much for following me along this journey. And thank you so much, Danish. I, I will list your Instagram down below. Please give him a follow. I love connecting with you. Thank you. You too. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Through loss, I, Kimberly, host of Self-Love Sister Podcast, am learning to live. From the age of eight, I suffered from multiple autoimmune diseases, which took my capacity to walk and even to speak. As these abilities gradually returned, I found a deep gratitude for this delicate and wonderful life. The fact that I may suffer a relapse at any time pushes me to appreciate all the more the wonder of living here and now. Through sharing my experiences and through interviewing others, I invite listeners to experience their own gratitude for life. This podcast is sponsored by The Podcast Farm. If you want help starting or growing your show, please click the link in the show notes.